Welcome to the Going Deeper podcast with Shane Dwyer. Chance to break open things that lie at the heart of the Catholic faith. Each month, Shane will be in discussion with a different guest who is seeking to live out their Catholic faith today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to our weekly podcast series on different aspects of living the Catholic Christian faith today. My name's Shane Dwyer, and I'm your host throughout the series. And each month I'm joined by a different guest who will bring their thoughts and experience to our discussion. And this week we are once again joined by Natasha Merendorf. Tash is part of the Children and Families Ministry Team at Evangelization Brisbane. As always, we'll be discussing a little about our favourite passages of Scripture as they help us understand this faith that is so central to our lives. The topic we have in mind today uh, is overthinking God, uh, which is a little bit um, of a, you know, uh, not a straightforward topic there. Um, Tash, that, uh, that, that uh, topic, if you like, came from something that, um, that, that you indicated in your, uh, in your notes, so we'll, uh, we'll return to that in a second. But, um, but that's going to be the topic, overthinking God. Before we move into that, though, Tash, um, uh, you're involved in the Children and Families Ministry team. We've talked about that in a previous podcast. Uh, you have your own little family. I do. Yeah. I'm uh, married to Stephen, and I have two little girls, Lucy and Eliana. Oh, lovely. Uh, what ages are they? Lucy's eight, and Ellie is six. Oh. <laughs> At a moment then. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, they grow up so fast, don't they? Yes. Oh, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. And uh, you've lived here in Brisbane, I think, since you, since you immigrated? Yeah, pretty much. I did a year where I was on a net team, which is um, youth ministry teams. I go around, around the country. And I was in Port Macquarie for a year. And I did a year traveling around the country as well. I was just so good. It was a great year to spend just in a van full of friends, going around the country, seeing the best parts of the country. Uh, and Port Macquarie is a beautiful place, but Brisbane is home. There you go. All right. Well, um, after that little bit of a background, we're going to get into our topic, Overthinking God. Uh, and that was premised on, we've got this passage of scripture here from uh, the letter to the Hebrews. Look, it's not an easy passage. It's not the most fun, really. <laughs> no, it's not. And, uh, and often with Hebrews, it gets a little bit, you know, it's, it's really dense. Yeah. Um, but um, if you don't mind, uh, Tash, just reading it out for us and we'll see what we make of it. All right. Poor Hebrews. And they copped it. I love it. Okay. Do not, therefore, abandon that confidence of yours. It brings a great reward. For you need endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back. But we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost but among those who have faith and so are saved. So you see, everybody, what I mean by that being a, um, a dense passage of Scripture. It's, uh, it's Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Uh, and the middle of it, and I think what complicates it slightly, is that the writer quotes um, uh, another passage of Scripture. Uh, and the quote is, in a, very, in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back. Uh, and then the writer picks up from there and talks about the fact that we aren't people who shrink back. It's, um, it's you know, working out 
what it is that God is calling us to in a passage like this, you know, can take some thought, uh, which is, uh, I suppose, the context in which you said it's important not to overthink God. Um, what do you mean by that? I think he's too hard, so don't think about it. <laughs> um, I think it's this, we can ask these big faith, like big questions when guys, um, we live amongst those who have faith, so we are saved, so we are living by faith. And and so when we live by faith, we don't, oh, what do you want? What are you calling me to? Where are you leading me? And they're really big, big questions. They're the ones that, um, they're the questions that I asked when um, I was contemplating getting married. Like, is this my vocation? Is this what you're calling me to? Um, when I make choices about my work or my career, I go, God, is this where you're leading? Is this what you're wanting for me? And they're the big questions that are huge, but we don't ask them very often. And so we get to really invite God into those big decisions just a few times in our life. And I have seen people just kind of melt under the pressure of those questions. I don't know what my vocation is. I don't know what I'm meant to do. I don't know what if I'm meant to go to uni, if I'm meant to study this or study that, or I don't know if I'm meant to change careers, whatever. And we can just kind of shrink into this inaction by the fear of making the wrong choice, of not following God. Like God has this very strict plan for our lives. And if we deviate from it, everything will fall apart. And so I think that's what I mean by overthinking it. It's uh, God, can I have this one chance to act in our lives? We've got to get it right. Let's not overthink that. Let's not overthink it, no. I think that's a really profound insight. I, you know, one of the things that we talk about discernment, don't we? And, mm. and, uh, and what does it mean to, um, to open ourselves to, to what it is that God is calling us to? And, 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 and that's a reasonable thing to pray about, you know. Um, but I remember years ago I was studying some of these things, particularly in the context of the teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and he, he's big on the discernment, you yes. know, and, uh, and, and how to do it and what's at stake there. And, um, and I remember uh, one of the commentators that I was reading talked about the fact that um, the process is more important than the outcome. That is to say, it's not about, you know, whether or not we can work out whether it should be this or this. Mm -hmm. It's whether or not we have a heart that's open to what uh, God may be leading us to. Yeah. And, uh, and it's that openness of heart um, that God fundamentally wants, um, which sort of changes things a bit, doesn't it? It does a little bit. Like, I, I can't think of different choices I could have had for my life. I could have, I work in a ministry context, but at one point I was really contemplating nursing. Does that mean if I'd have chosen that, God would have had no input in my life? Like none of these other things would have happened? I think it's when we invite God into the every day, the every little choices we have, when we open our hearts up to him, that's where the real action is happening. That's where the real transformation is happening. Not the, great, you got this certificate, you got this graduation, this piece of paper, now I can get my job done. Mm. Um, mm. It's, it's in that openness that God is really, really moving Absolutely, and it, and it's that that God is is looking for in a sense, and that's the um, and that's often the challenge. It's it's not about resolving this question or that question. Um, I often think too, you know, um, uh, and I do say this to groups and things when I'm teaching. Listen, uh, if God really wants something from you, then. Uh, God's responsibility is to let you know what that is. Yeah. Um, your responsibility is just to be open to it. Yeah. Uh, and trust God. 
you know, and um, rather than turn yourself inside out trying to read the mind of God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just it would do your head in. It would do, and you would just have this fear behind: Have I made the wrong choice? Have I? There would be a questioning that would just mm. always accompany you. I think yeah. if you put all your eggs in that basket of mm. following God's plan to the T. Mm. And uh, and that occurs. I, I think if we're generally open to God and we say to God, "Listen, if you really want something, you need to let me know." Mm-hmm. Um, that's a perfectly fine prayer to pray. Uh, and I think the rest of the time, it's about. I imagine coming to a, like the shore of a beautiful lake. You know, recently I was at the Lake of Galilee in, in Jerusalem. As you do. <laughs> As you do. And, and it's just beautiful. I've got some lovely pictures. But you've got these little boats along the shore. You know, they still do that. And uh, even that reminded of the gospel. And, um, and sometimes the, the life of faith is like that. You come along uh, and there's got these boats on the shore. And God is quite happy for you to choose which boat to get into. Uh, God says, um, yeah, it's all right. You, you want that one? You want that one? It's fine. Just ask me to come with you, mm-hmm. and I will. Uh, and I think for a lot of the decisions in our lives, it's like that too. Yeah. You know, just trust that God's going to get into the boat that you choose. And ask Him. Let Him mm. give them that space to do that. Um, one of the prayers that I, I love to pray, and when I try, when I remember it, I try to do it every day. It's like I ask for the Holy Spirit to interrupt my day, and it happens. It really does. It's I see these opportunities or these moments where I'm like, oh. This is this is the Holy Spirit. This is Him interrupting me and, and giving me a very clear like, you want to choose this right now, or do you want to choose this? And mm. and perhaps those opportunities would have always been there in my day. I think I, I just ha- had the awareness by inviting the Holy Spirit into it. I had that moment of going, of being very quite clear, being like, oh God, you're with me in this moment. You're you're giving me a choice mm. right here. Mm, and I think that's really important. Look, I wonder, um, Tash, you know, you use that, um, th- that expression, the Holy Spirit interrupting your day. Um, now, you imagine there's somebody listening to that and they're thinking, hmm, how does that work? Um, the, uh, can, you, can you explain it further? I, um, I can think of a very clear example that I think I've shared with you before in the Going Deeper video series. Um, because it's not an original thought, by the way, I should say. I got this idea from a friend of mine, Robbie Curtis, who um, is the director of Emmanuel City Mission. It's a homeless outreach. And he he's one of those Holy Spirit people. You just know that he's very close to the Spirit. And he um, would talk about letting the Holy Spirit interrupt his day. So I thought, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. And so I remember very clearly the first time I'm like, Holy Spirit interrupt my day. And I was working in an office and it was a stinking hot day. It was like one of those 40 degree days in Brisbane that are not very fun. And um, I was I was working in a nice air conditioned office, but all I wanted was like an ice cold frappe. And there was a McDonald's down the road with a drive through. I thought, I'll just hop in my car, stay in the air con, go through the drive through, get this really cold drink and head back to work. And so I went into drive-thru, got some chips and a burger and my cold drink. And as I'm coming out of the car park, I can see this man. He's obviously really uncomfortable. He's in the car park. He's just trying to find a bit of shade. Um, and he's very, he's clearly a guy who's been on the streets for a while. And I just had this, oh, that's rough. And then I kept driving and I kept going. And I almost got back to my office. I almost got back to the car park and... Um, and I just kept thinking of this man. I kept thinking, at picturing him and how difficult his day must be going. What else is going on? How, What else is he facing in this life? 
and then I just felt very clear like um holy spirit <laughs> I gave you permission to interrupt my day do you think this might be a moment for that uh, and so I turned around and I drove back and I parked up and I went out and I talked to him I said how you doing mate and he's like oh pretty rough I'm like do you want some lunch can I get you some lunch and so we headed inside and um, he he hadn't had any money so he didn't go and sit in there and just get in the aircon for a while and so he did that and grabbed him some lunch and was chatting for a while and he just shared so openly with his story he was saying you know some of the difficulties he was facing and he goes you know, to be honest the next thing I was going to do was walk over to the bridge and jump and and I don't say that to say like, oh, th- I saved this man's life, because not at all, because I don't know where he is now and what else he's faced. But in that moment, we were both interrupted. We, Our plans, our days were both interrupted. Uh, and I so, I'm so certain that that was the Holy Spirit that just prompted me in that situation. And we chatted for a while and I was able to, you know, send, get in off to, the, to a homeless outreach center and things like that and maybe just provided a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of comfort to his day. Um, but I'm so glad I did. Mm. I'm so glad. And I'm certain it's probably had more of an impact on my life than it has on his because mm. I remember that and I go, all right, this is what the Holy Spirit can do when he interrupts your day. Mm. Just let it happen. And so mm. I keep coming back to that prayer. Mm. I think that it's funny, it reminds me of the, uh, it's like the counter to the gospel story that um, Jesus tells, I think, in Luke's gospel um, about the rich man and uh, and Lazarus um, at the gate. Mm-hmm. And it always makes me laugh that Jesus chose to call the, the poor man Lazarus because Lazarus was his friend. You know, you got yeah. <laughs> Lazarus, <laughs> Mary and, and Martha. <laughs> And it just made me think, oh, Jesus' thought processes. Yeah. I'll use a character from my life. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and so you've got, le- you know, and, and what you've got there is, um, in the end, what um, I suppose the, the difficulty that the rich man had, um, th- the thing that he really ultimately was held responsible for was his failure to allow what was happening for Lazarus to interrupt his day. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, even in a small way, just acknowledge the presence of the of the poor man at his gate, uh, quite apart from anything else, mm-hmm. you know. And that can be, we get so busy, don't we? And, and, uh, and in the midst of our busyness, you know, how do we, how do we allow ourselves the, the healing of sight that we need to see what it is that the Holy Spirit's calling us to? Yeah. Because, I mean, if, we, if we're going to be the people who invite God into the big decisions, what's my vocation, what's my career, where am I moving to, mm. these are the ones that should be easy almost. These little ones are the ones that actually that's God move here, make space here. And um, oh, I'm so ashamed. What was the question? <laughs> no, that's right. Just the difficulty when we get so busy yeah. with life and weighed down with the burdens of life, it can be really difficult it, to um, to allow God to interrupt. That's it. That was the thought process because mm. we do get preoccupied. We get kind of distracted um, mm. and go with the, the tasks that we need to get done and the right, like the things we have to do. We have to go to work or we have to um, provide for our family. We have to get like get in the car drive to work whatever it is in our day there are things that just have to get done and those are the things that can preoccupy us um i think it comes a little bit easier to let ourselves be interrupted when we're closer when we we're more in habit of turning to god when we just kind of dwell 
in his presence more often. And that might be regular prayer and it might just be the contemplation of God each day just thinking about God mm. and then turning to him and going, okay, God, what do you want from mm. me? What do you give him a little bit of room mm. in that space and, and listen as mm. well. I, um, I always say to my little girls, when we listen to God, we don't listen with our ears, we listen with our hearts and that's where he'll speak to us. And it's one of those ways that I think kids get it easier than grown-ups do. Just grown-ups like, but what does it sound like? What's the voice of God? How, how does that appear? But when I say that to my girls, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's, mm. I, I know what I can hear in my heart. I can, I can feel and I can experience that. Let God dwell in that space and listen to him there. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, you know, it does. And uh, it's one of the things that we're both actually trying to do in these, co these conversations mm -hmm. is... Um, you know, we, we probably had our expectations as to, you know, sorts of things we would talk about and how we would talk about them and, and what points we'd like to cover and all that. Uh, but then you enter into a conversation and it's around, okay, you just said such and such, that's interesting. Um, what's God revealing in that? Mm -hmm. uh, and we may not explicitly use that those terms, but it's, okay, this is leading somewhere that we didn't necessarily anticipate. Mm -hmm. It's an interruption because if we, if we were both sort of uptight about... Um, Sticking to the notes. This yeah. is what we say next. This then is our script. It does. And then it becomes aggravating, mm -hmm. you know, and, and one, of the, one or other of us is trying to get things back on track mm -hmm. and we're missing what, you know, and that's often the dynamic in our day, isn't it? Yeah. What does it mean to listen and pay attention? Mm -hmm. and, and tussling with that. Some days feel a lot easier than others and I, I don't quite know what the difference would be there is that essence of the closer I am to God the more I'm feeling closer to him the more it is easier to let my day be interrupted by him and to go with that flow and to to pursue him in the everyday and the times when I am further and distant from God everything else starts to tense up and my controlling like nope this is what has to get done this is what I have to do I kind of cling to that a little bit more. Mm. What would you say to somebody who's listening to this and they're thinking, look, I'm quite happy uh, if God wants to interrupt my day, but um, practically speaking, what do I do uh, to allow that to happen? Yeah. That's, I think just first I'd be like, that's awesome. <laughs> you would like God to interrupt your day. Tell him that. Say it to him. Say, God. Give, give you space today and and look, uh, use the phrase again, gospel eyes. Just try to view your day as, oh, God is, is trying to prompt you in some way. Or, or Jesus is with you. See the day mm. as he would see it. And, and what do you notice? What stands out to you? And, and just go with it. Go mm. with what you, don't wait for that kind of big, overpowering, oh, God is very clearly pushing me in this direction. Just go mm. with your instincts in some mm. situation because if you're leaning on God and you're close to him, he will be guiding your instincts. He will be prompting your instincts. So so follow them at times too. Mm. I often think, you know, as, as you're talking, the um, it, it happens often with, with guests and things like that, is, is that I, I sort of think of passages of scripture that, um, that echo mm. the thing that they're talking about. And as you were talking there, I was reminded of um, Luke 24, the, the road to Emmaus scene, and, um, and the way in which Jesus interrupts their day. Totally interrupts their whole plan, doesn't he? Mm. They're getting out of the city. They're getting as far away from there as they can, and, and mm. he interrupts them. Mm. Yeah, And he actually interrupts them, even though they don't realize that that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I find that interesting too, 
too. Because sometimes that interruption is um, it's subtle, yeah. and uh, and it didn't really matter that they didn't get it for a start, because God is doing something uh, in that scene, uh, and it's only when they look back on it they think, oh, that was that was God, that was Jesus interrupting us. Yes, and there's so many times in my life where I've just gone through that day or. As, as normally as you would, and you look back, you go, "Oh, oh God, that was you years back. That was that was you." I, um, I think of when I was at school, I was not interested in faith at all. My family didn't go to church or anything like that. But there's a few conversations I do remember very clearly with some teachers, and I look back now and go, "Oh, they were the Christian teachers. They were the ones who they were the, the RE teachers, or they they were going to church, things like that." And they're the conversations that I remembered when I did start to ask those big questions about life. And I thought, what is my life about? Where am I going? I remembered the things that they had said to me. I thought, if it's, I think I want to go to church. I think I want to check it out. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's true. We should never, sometimes we don't always see what's going on at the time. Uh, and it's only in retrospect that uh, that we see what's going on. I um Years ago, I was, uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't told this story on a podcast before, um, so forgive me, listeners, if I'm repeating myself, but um, years ago, I was um, visiting somebody, a friend of mine who was sick in hospital, and uh, and at the end of the visit, um, the friend asked me to pray with them, uh, and so I did just briefly, you know, before I left. And uh, it was one of those wards where it was like semi-public in the sense of, you know, there might have been curtains and things like that, but mm-hmm. you could tell what, what was happening in other beds. And as I was walking past, a young man called out to me um, and said, uh, you pray? And I said, yeah, would you pray with me? Wow. And uh, I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I said, well, you know, what's your story? Well, you know, he was having a very significant operation either that day or the next morning. He was really stressed about it. Yeah. Um, but he was also, he was having to deal with some of the things that he had struggled with in his life. Things hadn't been really good, you know, and um, he was really ashamed of some of those things and what have you. And, and he said, I'm, and he said, and I'm trying to remember a prayer that the nuns taught me. He said, I was, um, I was baptized Catholic and I went to a Catholic primary school, but I haven't had anything to do with the faith since mm-hmm. then. And, and uh, I'm, but I'm, I'm really wanting to say that prayer and I can't remember it. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, what's the prayer going to be? Is it going to be one of those obscure ones to <laughs> yes. Our Lady or something? Yes. Um, and, uh, and do I remember the words? Yeah. You know. Um, so I said, oh, how did the prayer start? And he said, it started with Our Father. Uh, it sort of moves me actually even to think about it now. Uh, he was trying to remember that prayer. And, uh, and that, was the, that was an interruption to me. Mm. But... The nun who taught him that prayer, looking back, that, that interrupted his life. Uh, and there in his, in his hour of need, um, that's what he called on. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We can't underestimate the way that God's going to work in, through and around us. Yeah, so just be open at any moment. Be ready for any moment to be used by him. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the way forward, it seems to me, with all this, is um, trusting if if we want God to to work in and around us, and, you know, Tash, you used, you've used that phrase, interrupt our lives. The other ways we can we can sort of um, think about it too. It's it's just you know the power of the Holy Spirit breaking through in the midst of you know our busyness and our preoccupations and what have you, and that God will do that if uh, if we give God permission to do that. And sometimes we'll see it. Yeah. 
Uh, and sometimes we'll only see it in retrospect. Yeah. And mm. sometimes we won't see it in mm. the lo- this life. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, look, I think that's, uh, that's probably a beautiful place for us to, to finish up today. I've, I've been really grateful for the way that you've entered into these four little conversations. Shane, I've really enjoyed it as well. I think I'm someone who gets a lot of life from talking about our faith. You have those people in your life who you can just chat, talk about God, talk about prayer. It can be such a boost. So thank you very much. No, look, it's been my privilege. And, uh, and everybody, so that's the, that's the fourth in our series with, uh, with Tash. Uh, we'll pick up with somebody else um, next week. I can't remember who now. The, um, but, uh, but that's all right. It'll come around soon enough. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, uh, I'd encourage you to, uh, to email me at uh, formation at bne.catholic.edu.au. And if you've got any questions or just any observations or, or any experiences that you yourself have had that you'd like to share, it'll be lovely to hear from you. So God bless everybody, and thanks once again to Tash.